0: Support for LAist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. LAist Studios. Hey everyone, it's summer, and that means time for some good food. This week, we're replaying some of our favorite episodes of Cheap Fast Eats from over the last year. Hey Brian, that sounds exciting. I can't wait. Alright, let's go enjoy. From LES Studios, this is How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. I'm Gab Chabron. And we're here for another Cheap Fast Eats installment,
1: K-Town After Dark.
0: It's what the audience wants, what the audience needs.
1: (laughs) Back in the 30s or something like that, it was a pretty thriving area. The Ambassador Hotel, the Coconut Grove, a lot of like ballrooms devoted to like big band music and everything like that. This is our first dinner together. Gob and Brian season two. (laughs) Hey, I love that. After the Korean War, a large Korean population started to inhabit the area. What you have is sort of these large ethnic enclaves, Asian and Latino, sort of inhabiting this historic part of Los
0: Angeles. I will say that as the night progresses, more of a sweet tooth I get. And I will give you bonus points if we get something sweet. Okay,
1: all right, I think I can make that happen.
0: There's a lot of older style buildings, a lot of postmodern
1: architecture. I'm thinking of that sort of iconic KFC building. Oh, yeah. They all seem to kind
0: of coexist with each other. So that feels very L.A. So these places, are they really actually open late late for me late is like 12 1, where you're coming out of a bar crawl and you're like I need to sober up I'm a dad late for me is eight
1: thirty. so depends on who you're talking to I guess
0: okay we're definitely different scales y'all <laughs> I'm just trying to give the audience what they want sure definitely
1: and we will give them quality cheap fast eats in k-town after dark let's go
0: Okay, so where are you taking me to first?
1: I'm not taking you to the KFC, unfortunately, <laughs> this time. So we'll have to save that for maybe once we're off the clock. Totally. But uh, first,
2: we're gonna head up Western for some smash burgers. Welcome, guys. This is Love Hour in Koreatown. My name's Jimmy Han.
1: Love Hour is a smash burger establishment. Kind of started as a pop up and it has since morphed into like a, a takeaway window kind of burger situation.
2: We popped up right before the pandemic. Okay. We just soft opened over here our brick and mortar. And last week they opened up a bar and that's why we're here. We like it dark in here, nice and sexy. It is love hour, right? Yeah. We serve natural wine and very good local craft beer. Right now we've got Homage on tap, one of my favorites from Chinatown. An amazing sours and a saison spritz and in the back we have a little back patio how's it going guys this is our chef chef Aaron
1: what do you recommend that we try off the menu tonight you got to get burgers burgers all the way everything on the menu is good but the burgers are the standouts if you guys are hungry double if
0: you guys just want to snack on something singles the way to go Can
1: we do a couple of doubles do you guys have the fish fillet I really want to try the Let's get a um, nine-piece nugget also, and some pickles, and some fries. A
0: few doubles, fish filet,
1: the sauces, fries, and nugs. You guys good with that? Yeah. Give us a couple minutes, and I'll call you guys' name. Sounds
0: good. You
2: guys covered all the bases. For the old heads like myself,
1: Jimmy actually used to own another establishment there called Beer Belly.
2: Yes, we know them. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Beer Belly just kind of, you know, had its time, and now it's time for something different. We make our own love sauce. We make our own pickles in-house. Smash burgers have a nice char, little little meat skirt. That's always fun and different.
1: It's technically American food, obviously, because it's you know cheeseburgers of course. But it's Korean American owned. And I thought it was a great example of sort of the current generation in K-Town.
2: I'm from Koreatown, born and raised. Koreatown has always been vibrant, alive, with so many restaurants, so many bars. You know, I was clubbing in K-Town when I was 15. I've heard we have the highest concentration of liquor licenses in one area. It's right below Hollywood, east of Beverly Hills and the west side and uh, west of downtown. And then if you just go south, you hop on the 10 freeway and you can basically get anywhere in LA. So it's been kind of this central hub for a lot of young professionals, a lot of creatives, artists, musicians, actors, starving actors, stumble into a Korean restaurant where the whole menu's in Korean and no one speaks English, but you know, you, you point at some pictures and you try some good food.
0: And you also have some taco stands around the corner somewhere. The oh, the right. best,
2: oh, for sure the best. So it's, it's always been a nice mix of, of course, the Latin community and Korean community.
0: What is your go-to drink here at Love Hour? Give My us a go-to drink?
2: For sure, it's, it's that Saison Spritz from Homage. All right, y'all, cheers.
0: Saison Spritz, Hey, Hey, town to K-Town after dark.
2: the love hour mm. at K-Town after mm. dark.
0: <laughs> this is like such good, like, I'm having drinks food. I usually, when I'm like a little tipsy, I go to McDonald's and this is a nugget and this is perfect. The fries are really delicious. I gotta
1: mm. try this fish sandwich, okay? Oh yeah, that's, that's what I'm here for. Excellent flavor, texture is bomb. I like there's cheese on it, too.
2: Good old American cheese. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Yeah.
1: No sendbacks? No. No.
2: (laughs) Just for more food.
1: Yeah. yeah. well, you guys are going to have to come back tomorrow for that.
2: (laughs) So,
0: fun fact. I used to live in K-Town for several years, actually. And one of the amazing things about K-Town is just the mixture of cultures, of ethnic groups, of people who are homegrown Angelinos to people who just arrived to L.A. All right, we'll be grubbing on our next spot after a quick break.
3: Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Mix Mix, the Filipino adventures of a German Jewish boy by Boney B. Alvarez, inspired by true events from the life of Ralph Price. After escaping Nazi Germany, a newfound tropical refuge in the Philippines is upended when Japan invades the islands. On stage through June 16th. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org.
0: You're listening to How to L.A. I'm Brian De Los Santos. What I really tried to do with this installment of CFE is
1: encapsulate some of the diversity in the neighborhood, the Asian and Latino contingents, and then we also have a lot of young people, like yourself, when you were living there. I wanted to find food that was representative of those different populations. So we're going to hit up what I consider to be the beating heart of Oaxaca, California, Gela
0: Oh, an iconic place. For those who don't know, it is the spot in K-Town. It's a party, dude. It's the Latino kids running around, you know, being loud. But it feels very LA, too. It's all about coming together, families. (laughs) Galaguetza is the must-go-to restaurant when visiting, moving here, and I say that because I think Galaguetza is well known by anyone who lives in LA, no matter like you're black, Latino, you know that it's good Oaxacan food. If you've lived here for more than like two years, you have not been in Galaguetza, you're kind of like fail. Hashtag fail.
1: Vamos a uno de los chapulinas a la carte, uh, si puedes hacer uno Una relleno solo. Una pizza? No. Sí. Entonces...
3: My name is Brisa Lopez and we are at Guelaguetza restaurant in Koreatown. I took over the restaurant with my siblings about nine years ago, eight, nine years ago.
0: So a little bit of a backstory. I grew up with Guelaguetza around me. It was not as fancy as it is now. It used to be like a smaller place, but we used to come here for fancy meals and we used to know it was a piece of Mexico. I just came back from Mexico. I went to Vallarta, Ciudad Mexico, uh, Veracruz, all very different cuisines, yeah. we're eating Oaxacan food. I'm sure in a specific region in Oaxaca, because also Oaxacan food is not just one thing.
3: No, no it's not. There's seven regions, very different. Clayudas, for example, they're very valley. They don't really have many clayudas in the Isthmus or in the Mixteca. The flavor of our mole is very different. Our cecina, or chorizo is very different. And there's certain things that they have that we don't have. Like I don't have garnachas y ismeñas. We don't have molotes made out of plantains. The food of Oaxaca is just so massive and so diverse. And we just focus on the Valley of Oaxaca, but even if you go through a menu, it's so big. We've tried to see like, how can we get rid of one dish or that dish, but none of them really makes sense for us to get rid of because every dish that we have here are dishes that we grew up eating or that my parents grew up eating or that just have become LA. You know, there's so many kids like me that couldn't travel to Mexico throughout their elementary, throughout their middle school, or even to now, who didn't know anything about their food culture, who knew nothing about the food history. And the only place where their parents could take them to and say, this is how I grew up eating, was this place.
1: We're talking a lot about Oaxaca right now, which is wonderful, but uh, we're here in Koreatown, and you essentially kind of grew up in this neighborhood. You run a business here just as a business owner, but also as a community member. Tell me what it's like, you know, the diversity between Brown and Asian residents kind of living together and, and, and what that all kind of consists of.
3: Growing up here, I never started Ask Koreatown. Most of this area was all Salvadorian, Central American, and Oaxaqueños. My dad opened the restaurant in the mid-90s in the original location on 8th Street. When we opened this location, This building is the first Korean restaurant that was opened in Koreatown. It was a Korean buffet restaurant before that really solidified Koreatown in L.A. So then we took it over, and for so many years, I would say a decade, these old Korean women would come into my restaurant, look confused, 50% will make it to the table, look around again, and 50% of those would, like, walk away. That 25% that was left, we'll ask if we were still a Korean buffet. But eventually we realized that our foods are very similar. Our seafood soup, that was like a banger with them, or beef stew is very similar to a lot of Korean soups. So once they got here, we just offered what they liked and what they loved. That's when I really became really in love with everything Koreatown. I keep hearing from my Korean friends and Korean counterparts that There's better Korean food in Koreatown than in Korea itself. I've never been there, and I'm not Korean, so I can't say anything. Chicken picadillo, chorizo with mushrooms, marinated pork, and Oaxacan cheese. Black Molen chicken, and chile relleno.
0: I do want to bring up prices and how some people view as Mexican food should be cheap, right? I'm sure that you guys have changed your prices over the years, especially as the economy has changed as you have expanding your restaurant. I just want to know like your take on Costa Mexican food and particularly in Oaxaca because that's what you're specializing. in.
3: People go to Oaxaca and have a great clayuda, they're like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful, beautiful, the most amazing thing. Now that person is probably buying these clayudas from the local clayuda maker they're buying their asiento from the best asiento maker in the city. I don't know what the cost of a clayuda might be in American dollars, maybe $3? And they come to Calagueta, they're looking for a clayuda and say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're charging $15 for a clayuda. Like, you are ripping people off, trying to get rich. There is not one restaurant owner out there who owns one restaurant who is rich. That's just fact especially one that abides by every single labor law possible. I have to bring the claridad from Oaxaca, I import it from Oaxaca, I have importing costs. When I make my asiento, I have to make my asiento for scratch, which takes a day, paying my kitchen staff way above minimum wage per hour to make just the asiento. Then I have to pay to make our beans, and our beans are imported from Oaxaca as well. Then I have to bring okay. See if that's important from Oaxaca. Then I have to hire butchers that have to make my meats from scratch. And then I live in LA and I'm paying LA rent. So all that to say, there's no such thing as cheap food in California if you're doing things right. If you're paying rent and if you're paying people the way that you're supposed to pay people, there's no way you can serve something for less than a certain amount of money. Like there's, it, it just, it doesn't make sense economically. I think there's an entire new generation of of Latinos who are growing up being so proud of who they are that now they're understanding, oh shit, like no, my food is valuable, therefore I need to pay for it. So I think that's definitely changing, but I do think we're at a tipping point where I'm still getting these comments.
0: All right, I really want this taco, Um, which is a taco de que? Let's eat.
1: Where are you taking me to? I guess it would be considered a Korean street food. Are we getting dessert here? Corn, uh, corn, it's a corn dog. Corn dog. And I guarantee you've never had anything like this before. There's rice paper involved, there's cheese. It's, it's a lot
0: of things happening all at once. Uh, okay, that's strike two. One more, and I don't know if we were going to invite you back to Hot to LA, dude. Like, Surprise them only on strike two. <laughs> The corndog batter is
1: sweet, though. That's the thing. Yeah,
0: it's like a pancake thing almost, right? In a
1: sense, yeah. So we are at California Market Plaza on Western and Fifth. On the bottom is a really great Korean grocery store. We're on the third floor. There's lots of tables to sit at, different restaurants. Kind of like a little outdoor mall vibe. Very K-Town, which is another reason why I chose it. It is a chain, which I know is fairly atypical for cheap fast eats, but I thought that it was a unique enough place, something new to try,
0: especially in K-Town. Alrighty, y'all. That's all the time we have for you today. The crispy rice dog may be cute because it's, you know, rice puffs. Mm -hmm. Also the enjoy me, enjoy me, enjoy me dog. Is it like enjoy me? Or is that that Korean? I think it's probably Korean. Special
1: thanks to Bricia Lopez and the whole crew at Gala Jimmy Han at Love Hour, and the delightful crew at Two Hands. And then there's the potato dog too, which also has like a tater tot texture on
0: the outside. I mean, that was as made as for well. the Latinos who be eating like hot Cheetos. Well, this with is them. what I love. This episode of How to LA was produced by Evan Jacoby. Our other producers are Megan Botel and Victoria Alejandro. Can we just do the mega box? I'm not going to eat a lot. That's Okay. Our engineers has Mick Pagosian, and additional support by Brandon Bowles. Erica Washington writes our newsletter. Our social media producer is Chris Farias. Our executive producer is Megan Larson, and I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. Mm. Mmm. Mmm. Está rico. Yeah. Like, it's not an ordinary corn
1: dog, you know? It's almost like sourdough, you know? And there's like rice flour involved too. There's obviously the potato, you know.
0: Special thanks to Gokshavon who hung out with us today for our edition of Cheap Fast Eats. Thanks, Brian. Be sure to check
1: out my LAist article for more coverage on K-Town After Dark.
0: And where are we going to next? I'm not telling you. Oh. <laughs> I just want to note that God deliberately did not choose a sweet one because he said he didn't care for me. But he didn't care for my sweet tooth, so. Pretty That's sure when I
1: was ordering, you said, I don't care what we get a couple of times, both on and
0: off mic. <laughs> Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live.
2: The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact based journalism.